Yo, this is Sam Sports Podcast. I am Sam Rosenberg. Today is Tuesday, November 27th, 2018. I'm here with Shaka. We got to talk some football. You know our Jets, you know our Eagles. Give you a briefing on what's been going on. Newsflash, they're both looking at the second half of a pretty dismal season at this point. But um, Shaka, what's more important, how are uh, you and the baby? Things are good. I mean... I would say all in all, the last week or so has been better, and I think that's just everyone kind of learning learning their role and kind of just learning the situation. So there's been a lot less crying, a little more sleep in this household. That's excellent. That's excellent. And it sounds like Ezra is learning you know, his role in that uh, play as well. Yeah. Bear in mind, none of this is like a guarantee. You don't just do this and go, all right, you know, pat yourself on the back and say I'm a parent. Uh, from what I've gathered, it's probably the first – four to six months can be kind of hellish so i think i'm just in a good nice groove right now but that could turn around at any given moment let's hope that that groove lasts a little bit longer a little bit longer than maybe some of the positivity for the jets or the eagles this season which i think was pretty short yeah i mean look i i kind of call the season what it is a a wash and we all kind of knew this was a developmental and rebuilding phase but it's just bleak to be in the midst of it um I mean, on that on that same token, we're gonna we're gonna try out a bit of a new segment today. I wanted Chaka and I to go back and forth on who we thought was gonna be winning for this coming Week 13 slate of games, um, and I wanted to spend some time on the podcast to do that. But before we get into that, let's you know we don't even need to spend too much time on this. But I mean, let's just unpack a little bit this Jets Patriots game. You know, what did you see? Was there any real positive takeaways, or did it just feel like? I mean, it felt like this was a little bit of a wash of a game. You know, Darnold's yeah. not playing. You know, the Patriots came in and took care of business. Are there any major takeaways that you saw, Shaka? I mean, really, the Jets are just struggling, and I think, you know, the problems with the run defense, uh, you know, just the run defense just evidently came up weak. Um, the play calling is still an issue. I think the only positive light I would say coming out of this, the two positive lights, um, Jason Myers, our, our kicker, is – uh, an absolute, I mean, he's a keeper. Like, I mean, he's the first player in NFL history with five 55-yard field goals. In yeah, I noticed that. That was an interesting stat. It's kind of a crazy, I mean, you think about distance and what's being required of you. Granted, he's also doing this for the Jets, which means they're really not getting much, you know, um, progress down the field. It's still one highlight. And the other highlight I have is uh, Chris Herndon. It's an actual bright spot, and I think, a, you know, a, a nice uh, future potential addition or a contributing piece to this offense, whatever it ends up being next season, he's proven that he can be reliable um, in the passing game. Yeah, I I did like Chris. I think Chris Herndon is a find. You know, in the same inst- in the same vein that you know Quincy Anunua, I still think is a find. Yes. You know, I think that you know Herndon could be a, a nice piece of this team. You know, to to grow with Darnold over the next couple of years. It's hard to say right off of his huge. Uh, you know, future Pro Bowl potential, but I do like that he comes up big um, in certain situations, and he's got the physicality and you know the, the good hands to really be you know at least garner some respect on the defensive side. Mm. So, mm. Um, any other major takeaways from this game? Uh, I mean, um, I don't. Even, I, I mean, mean, I don't really not, have much to say. I mean, I, I mean really they kept the it close. Side. They did keep it not, close. Yeah. Not really on the Jets side, just more of the, the Patriots are looking a little healthier. More importantly, Gronk is looking a little healthier. Oh, my God, Gronk. And, I mean, I can only 
I can only mean up and up for the Patriots, who somehow with all the injuries and all the issues they've had um, on the defensive side of the football have been able to win games and just hold on to the division and come out to like a commanding lead in that um, in that division. So, I mean, the the Patriots are getting healthier as the year goes on. The Patriots' ability to continue, to continually, year after year, still be relevant, still figure out a way to win games, it's really amazing to me. I mean, to see them have this consistency, because, you know, listen, I know for the Eagles, it's just one example. It's one year where they're having a Super Bowl hangover and they're falling apart. But, I mean... Simply to be that consistent year after year, it just is amazing to see what the Patriots do because you nailed it, man. They're not even having the greatest of seasons. Their their defense is not even one of the better defenses they've had. But yet here they are all over again. And what are they? Nine and two, eight and three, something like I that. Think they're eight and three. Yeah. They're eight and three right now, and it's like they do it with their eyes closed. And I just yeah, it's amazing to me. It's really amazing. By no me. means, by no means are they an exciting offense. I mean, when it comes down to it, Tom Brady's just good at reading the defenses hitting his check down guy, and then exploiting the defenses when they slip up, you know, those big opportunities. Grant got a couple big plays out in the Jets this uh, weekend, but it's just kind of the, the summary of their, their offense. They're careful. They don't make a lot of mistakes. Everyone knows their job. They don't try to do too much. They don't try to extend themselves. They don't need a superstar on that team. Everyone plays their part. And, I mean, like I said, it's a boring offense, but it chugs along. So, And that's really what you need in, in the NFL these days. Now, Let's switch over to the Eagles game. Eagles actually did pick up a win. They won 25-22 against the New York Giants. Yep. Um, I'm just going to I'm gonna jump in and comment a little on it. It was a bit of a slog game, you know, as an Eagles viewer. Uh, yeah, they came away with the victory, but I still was not impressed very much with their play or that game. I, I think the Giants are really bad. Um, and I think that, you know, it's it doesn't really say much to me, the fact that the Eagles picked up that win. Um you know, one of the major positives I took away from the game was how the Eagles were at least able to come from behind and win in the second half, which is something they've really, you know, the story of the Eagles this season has been jumping ahead to an early lead and then folding in the second half like a cheap suit. And this particular game, it was the reverse story. The Giants actually got ahead of them in the first half and and the Eagles were not able to move the ball at all. They weren't able to really get any offense going. And then in the second half, they shut down the Giants. The Giants scored three points in the entire second half, and they couldn't move the ball at all. And the Eagles were able to move the ball up and down the field, and they actually put up enough points to win the game. But again, they still beat them 25-22 on a 43-yard field goal to win it. So, you know, again, they haven't solved their offensive problems. They haven't been able to really, you know, Josh Adams and the run game looked better. But again, you're playing the three and eight Giants. I'm not really impressed by any of this. I mean, yeah. is there anything that I is there anything that you would take away from that game, or any major things that you saw or or feel that the Eagles showed us? Well, I, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and kind of poke the bear here and say, I don't know if I would call the Eagles um, defense as shutdown defense in second quarter, uh, second half. I think a lot of the fight in New York specifically is about the Giants play calling, particularly in the second half mm. where they kind of went a lot more conservative. Um, it looks like Pat Shermer was trying to, you know, not turn the football over and not give away the game and indirectly ended up doing the same thing. Um, Odell Beckham Jr. after the game, and you know the New York media just kind of hounded him because they were thinking it already, what happened to the offensive play call in the second yeah. half? And they tried to goad it out of Odell, and he just said, you know, I, you know, I guess not attacking 
a battered and yeah. know, suspect secondary. I saw that quote where he was like, listen, they have an atrocious secondary and we weren't even going after it. Yeah, and he said, I didn't. I don't make up the offensive game plan here. I'm just a player. And, I mean, that says volumes, you know, when you don't go out and defend your coach or your team and, you know, the, the game plan, really. It just says you're frustrated with the offense and where it's going. And it's just kind of just more of uh, a microcosm of where the Giants are as a team this year. Eli, you know, obviously his his, uh, his future is in question with this team. And it really, I mean, look, one way or the other, where they decide if they're going to keep him for another year or let him retire. I mean, him retiring will get them off the hook. Or if he's going to play another year somewhere else, it's really not going to be able to to fix or put a Band-Aid on a lot of the problems the Giants offense has. But this game was just one of those things where you saw in the first half where, hey, Eli can still play, even though the offensive line is shit. Um, And then the second half kind of going, well, Eli probably is not the problem. And for a lot of people who are, you know, old-time diehard Giants fans, Eli's definitely not the problem in New York. Yeah. Yeah. And and listen, and I think – I think he he is the problem to a certain extent, but he's not the only problem that Giants team has. You know, yeah. the offensive line is a serious issue. You know, now they're sort of trading. I mean, they traded Stax Harrison. They traded away pieces of this team. And and I think you nailed it right on the head. I mean, I, I was not impressed with this Eagles-Giants game. It was fun to watch the Eagles win, but I wasn't impressed by their play. Uh, I mean, I, I, I didn't have any faith that the Giants were going to be actually be able to put together a win. And you did nail it. You know, I mean, their their offensive play calling in the second half was pretty forgettable. I mean, they let Josh Adams run all over them, a, a, yeah. an Eagles team that really has not had much of a run game at all. And I, I just, the shitty part is, is that division is so bad, the Eagles still have a chance to possibly win the division. Legitimately. And, you know, it's exciting to think that, and it's exciting to think they might actually, you know, win the division and get into the playoffs, but... They can't hold a candle to a team like the Rams or the Saints. I mean, who the hell are we kidding here? Yeah. Um, I will put one more tidbit out there before we kind of go into the next topic. Please. Eli's numbers statistically versus his career are higher this year. His completion percentage is up 10% versus his career completion mm. percentage. His quarterback rating is 10 points higher than his career quarterback rating. He's got 14 touchdowns, 7 picks. I mean... Granted, it's better than other seasons he's had. It's on par with an Eli type of season, but I mean, he's putting up slightly better numbers statistically than he normally does. So, I mean, I'm just going to leave that on the table. Okay. Okay. I mean, do you think they should bring him back next year? I mean, just straight up. Uh, It's a money issue at this point. I mean, I would say at least ask him to take a pay cut because he's going to count to like 23 million, I think, against the cap next year. And for a 38 year old quarterback, making 20, 23 million and he's not that good. I mean, it's a lot. Like you can probably go out and get a, a journeyman while you, you know, develop whatever quarterback they're going to draft this year. So it's it's going to be a very expensive one year um ride. I don't know. I don't I don't see him doing it. I mean, I I think considering the situation they're in, I think you make a good point. I think it's worth it for them to ask him to take a pay cut. I I can totally understand if he doesn't. Um, but I think I think they really missed a big chance by not drafting a quarterback. However, as atrocious as they are, they might have a top five pick in this year's draft. I think it's absolutely essential they draft a quarterback. And I mean, I say bring Eli back. 
Um, you got to have a bridge to a new quarterback. You can't just go draft some guy this year and throw him right into the fire. I mean, I don't see, I don't think New York has got that type of gumption or, or courage to do that. I think they have a little too much of an allegiance to Eli to do that. I think you're going to see him come back out next season, but, um, until there's a new person in, uh, under center, you know, the ceiling for the giants is only going to be so high. Yeah. I think they just bought themselves a little bit of time in terms of the, I don't even want to call it a questionable draft because Saquon's so good. He is. Um, he's, he's really just, good, man. He was a I monster mean, against this Eagles team. Just absurdly good. I've, I've watched a few Giants games just to watch him play. And every time I hear, not even just you per se, but just the, the argument that they should have drafted a quarterback, I still in my head say, all right, well, what if any of these quarterbacks in this quarterback class do not pan out? What if Darnell is crap? I mean, it hurts my heart to say. What if Josh Rosen is crap? Like, what you if know, the Giants if, ended up picking up one of those guys? Yeah, we look at this 10 years down the road, and we say, you know what? The Giants actually ended up with the one or the most, you know, if we did do those stupid redrafts on ESPN, if you could redraft the class of, you know, 2018. Right. And Saquon Barkley comes out on top. I mean, at least his first year. Uh, the rookie of the year, I think, is... I, I don't even offensive rookie there doesn't really look like a competition to me in terms of who's gonna go ahead of Saquon Barkley. No, that's a good point. I mean, he's dude, he's been a monster. It's just a shame that he's playing on an atrocious team. You know, yeah. Odell is suffering the same fate. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Um. Okay. So you want to do this? You want to go through? You want to try to pick winners for this coming week? I'm, yeah. I think this will be fun. So I've done a little. I've done a little bit of uh, just checking uh, the schedule and just trying to figure out. You know. Oh, oh, I mean, this this is the one good thing I like about, you know, you get these sample sizes of the first six games to see where teams are at, and you get the next six games, you know, kind of out of the way, and you see where guys, where these teams are, and, you know, sometimes it's pretty dismal, and then you look at some teams, and you're like, holy crap, how come no one's really talking about, I don't know, the Texans, like, the Texans have barely gotten... I feel like any kind of real record. And they're eight for, and three after starting and zero and won, three. Yeah, they've won eight games in a row. So and I, and yeah, the Texans are a team that lost to the New York Giants. Yes, and I mean you look at where they are now, and Lamar Miller, and he's Lamar Miller is finally showing up after three goddamn years of waiting for him to be, you know, a stud. He's looked better and better as the weeks have gone on. This is a, I think this is a prime opportunity to talk about some of these teams. So Shaka and I are going to go through all all the games this weekend. We're going to pick winners. We're going to tell. We're going to talk about why we think this team's going to win. And we have not shared each other with each other who we think is going to win these games. So you know, we have not. We'll we'll be interested to see exactly where we differ on this. Um, so here, are you ready to do this, man? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, Thursday night football in Dallas. Dallas Cowboys are hosting the New Orleans Saints. Who are you picking as a winner? Um, this game would have been a little bit sweeter to see Des Bryant on the field, but I, oh man, just, it would have been so sweet. Just a throw-in clinic Drew Brees has put on in the last well every game of this season, throwing to you know just guys who I've never heard of before, um, and making them stars and well-known you know household names. I don't see anyone, and particularly Dallas and their secondary, which is very suspect. Um, stopping New Orleans from just rolling over yet another team. So I'm going to go with New Orleans in this one. And I really want to go in-depth because there's really not much in-depth. I still don't like Dak Prescott as a quarterback. Granted, he had a pretty solid game last weekend. And, you know, they picked up that wide receiver from Oakland. I mean, that was a just absolute just sinking shit. Amari Cooper? 
Cooper had two touchdowns, you know, one big 90-yard touchdown reception um, last weekend. But I just don't see them being able to, to match up firepower-wise with New Orleans and just Alvin Kamara, Ingram. You know, you got Michael Thomas. I, I don't see it happening. Uh, I agree. I'm picking the Saints as well. Um, I think the Cowboys, you know, for, for as much as their ineptitude this season, they do figure out ways to play well at home. So I think yeah. it'll actually be a little bit more competitive than we're thinking uh, to a point. Like, I kind of feel like Dallas is going to keep it a game for the first two, maybe three quarters. And then in the second half, I mean, I can really picture the Saints pouring on the points and, you know, taking it from a three or a one, you know, a three point game or a seven point game and just finishing it off as a as a 15 or 20 point win and just calling it a day. Um, I mean, Drew Brees' ability to get anybody out there to catch a touchdown pass from him is pretty magical. And uh, I mean, I think we're going to see more of it in Dallas. It'll be exciting and it's going to be, you know, a Thursday night nationally televised game. But I mean, Saints are going to take care of business. Yeah, I don't want to write off um, because Dallas has beaten some. I mean, we'll talk about Jacksonville as when they went into Dallas to play this year, Mm -hmm. they were still considered, you know, legit Super Bowl Bowl contender type team and just got absolutely dismantled. Um, So Dallas, you know, they they play up, you know, they play a bigger than their weight, I would say. Uh, in terms of matchups. And I think but, very much when they're at home. When they're in Dallas, they tend to show yeah, up. exactly. So, I mean, you also look, I mean, Marcus Colston was a six-round draft pick, became a pro bowler under, you know, the tutelage of Drew Brees. And we got Michael Thomas, who, granted, probably was drafted a bit higher, had a little bit higher of a ceiling. I can't imagine him putting up the same just type of just absurd numbers with any other quarterback at the helm so I I just I I mean Drew Brees man um unsung but I think he's getting his due this year and I just love what that New Orleans team can do firepower wise this season dude with any luck Drew Brees will win that MVP deserves it man yeah next game Baltimore Ravens go on the road to play the Atlanta Falcons newsflash Lamar Jackson will once again be starting for the Ravens who do you think is gonna win this game Shaka this is a really interesting game um Primarily just because no one's really... Granted, we've seen a lot of Lamar Jackson from his college days. Um, this Lamar Jackson in the NFL is a little bit more of a, a run-first um, hybrid as opposed to the guy he was in a college. In college, I think he probably felt a little bit snub because he threw a lot more than he was given like credit for. Mm-hmm. Um, but this iteration in the NFL where he's just you know he's taking advantage of these big, wide-open pocket spaces. And it's something that we I don't think we talk about enough where um, the NFL passing game now has created this situation where pocket quarterbacks are, you know, just highly prized and guys who are aware in the pocket and can step out of a oncoming blitz, but not really scramblers. And the few guys who can scramble pretty well, Aaron Rodgers, Prescott, they're not really going to eat you up for chunk yardage. Um, Lamar Jackson kind of brings back that old Michael Vick-esque, you know, concept of, oh, God, the pocket's collapsing this guy's going to rip us apart. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think a few teams are still trying to get their bearings with him and trying to figure out how to contain him. Um, so he's gotten two wins under his belt now. Um, and I can't remember who was the, co- the head coach. Was it Ma- Marvin Smith who said that um, he can't run like that in every game um, in the NFL because gonna, he's going to pay for it? Uh, I don't think he's going to pay for it this week. I'm actually going to go with Baltimore, even though Atlanta is at home. I'm going to go with Baltimore's defense being able to stifle um, the running game because I'm not even sure if Devontae Freeman's coming back, if he's still injured or not. I, b- I believe he's going to be – I don't think he's coming back at all. 
Yeah, Tevin Coleman has been kind of underwhelming at the running back position. It's actually hurt them a lot in terms of kind of creating separation and spacing um, with that uh, wide receiver group. Granted, Julio Jones is still the, the most terrifying man alive. <laughs> I still like that defense um, going up against Atlanta. So I'm actually going to go with Baltimore, who's probably the underdog in this one. Well, this is actually a great game. example because I'm picking the Falcons. Uh, yeah. I think they're going to play very well at home. I think they do play well at home, um, You know, over, even though sometimes they definitely lay eggs at home. But I do think that um, – I think even with the Ravens' defense, Atlanta's going to be able to move the ball. I think Lamar Jackson, you know, I don't want to say that the Atlanta Falcons' defense is the one that's going to figure out how to slow him down. But I think some of their exotic play calling is going to be stifled by the Falcons. I think the Falcons – I more so I feel like I can see the Falcons – being able to put more points on the Ravens defense, even though it's been playing very well. And I just, um, I think Lamar Jackson every week is a test and he's been playing pretty well, but I think Atlanta at home is going to be a tough test for him. And I'm going with the Falcons. Okay. I'm going to put it out there. Atlanta is three and three at home this year. My God, what a, I mean, if I want to think about an inconsistent, disappointing team, aside from the Eagles, I think of the Falcons. It's, I mean, I can't wait till the end of the season just to see where they are officially in, Really, this is going to have to be a conversation about what is wrong with that team because fundamentally speaking... Everything should, should be, be working. They should be amazing. I don't know what's going on. I, I mean, I, I think a big part was the the the, in, the defensive injuries. They lost some key defensive players yeah. in weeks one and two. That's true. It's I, it's still, I mean, in terms of putting up points on the board too, they're also, I mean, yeah, you're right. They're getting cooked. They're getting cooked um, score-wise, but I, I don't know. I feel the Shanahan... Uh, so the loss of Shanahan at offensive coordinator is still kind of just it, it still lingers. It just seems just the composition. It doesn't feel as fluid as it did when they had all those parts together. It's it's nowhere near as fluid as it was. It's it's a shell of what it used to be. Yeah. Now, you ready for the next game? Yep. Buffalo Bills going on the road to play the Miami Dolphins. Who you got? Whew, this one, I mean, it's just it's a cringeworthy game. You got Brock Osweiler versus Josh Allen. Who actually, you I think it might be Tannehill. I think Tannehill came back last week. What? Yeah, I okay. know. Crazy to think. Um, I'm still, you know, Miami's at home in this one. I'm, I'm going to go with Miami just because Buffalo is just still, Buffalo's just still, they're so god awful. And granted, they've had a couple games where they've, you know, they've caught a couple teams unaware. I, I, just I, I can't I can't watch their games. It's just brutal to watch I'm, Buffalo play. I'm in agreement with you. I'm picking the Dolphins as well. Ryan Tannehill is back. He started last week in the loss to the Indianapolis Colts. Um, played pretty well. I, I I just think Buffalo for as listen. I don't know how Buffalo wins any of the games that they actually win. I think it's probably because they have a pretty solid defense. But it's hard to go down and play in Miami, especially with that heat, even this time of year. Yeah. And you know, Miami is a is a sneaky good team. I don't think they're great, but they're good. And, you know, they have enough pieces on their team, I think, to at least put some points on Buffalo and also slow them down uh, defensively. Like, I think Buffalo's going to hit a buzzsaw when they go to Miami, and I'm picking the Dolphins. Miami is 4-1 at home. Yeah, exactly. So they're really good at home, actually. They're damn good at home. Now, next game, Chicago Bears going on the road to play the New York Giants. Who you got? Um, I mean... Look, we just talked about how how just the Giants just don't have all the pieces together here. I can't imagine them. Uh, Khalil Mack is going to have a friggin' field day. Field day. Like, a 
offensive line. I, I, I'm actually going to watch this game just because I feel like the press conference after is going to be all the more juicy <laughs> just because of the carnage we're going to see on the field. I'm going to go with Chicago coming to, to the Giants and just putting a beating on them. I'm totally picking the, the Bears as well. I really think they, right now, I think we're learning that defenses are not as valuable as they used to be in the NFL, but value or not, Chicago pretty much has one of the best defenses in the league. Khalil Mack's ability to change a game and change that whole defense has been on display all season, making John Gruden and the Raiders look like fucking idiots. Um, and I just think that, you know, Chicago is, they're hitting their stride and listen, the Giants are not the team that's going to stand in their way. I'm 100% with you. Bears all the way. Yeah. Also, not to undercut, Chicago's offense is also very, very good. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Because Trubisky is not the greatest quarterback, but Matt Nagy is putting together a play calling plan that makes it work for him. Yeah, he's a really good, he fits in the system. And um, this is the pieces they have. Such a young offensive group, too. Tariq Cohen, um, so flexible. He can line up in the backfield out of the slot. You know, obviously they've got that power running game also. I mean, they just got a lot of nice pieces. And you're right, Nagy's really put together. He's made the best of what he's got. Yeah. That, um, which, the Chicago yeah. fans should be happy with how things have gone this They year. really should. That's a good team. Now, here's a tricky one. Denver Broncos go on the road to play the Cincinnati Bengals. Who you this got? This is an ugly game. I mean, Now, mind you, Andy Dalton just broke his thumb and it went on yes. IR. So he's done. Um, he I can't remember done. the backup, the kid who played. He was Jeff who, I think? Driscoll. He was okay. He had an okay game, if I recall. He was okay. And this is also the Denver Broncos are coming off of upsetting the Steelers. Yeah, I'm 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 gonna go with Denver, even though they're um they're on the road, just because uh, this kid Driscoll is probably still gonna see a respectable Denver um, pass rush. And um, I'm gonna go with the inexperience being his disadvantage in this one. I'm, um, I'm granted, t- Denver's been underwhelming. I'm still going to go with Denver. I'm totally in agreement with you. I'm picking the Broncos. Consider The Bengals are falling, and they're falling fast. They started yeah. this season. They looked pretty good. You know, you were talking about, you know, chunks of the season. And, well, you know, I totally agree with you. I think there's a first half and a second half of the season and going through chunks. And Cincinnati was looking pretty solid earlier in the season. Now, Andy Dalton's on IR. A.J. Green, it looks like maybe they're just going to shut him down for the rest of the season. There's some talent and some excitement there, but... You know, Tyler this might, Boyd's been pretty good. Dude, Tyler just, Boyd yeah. is a talent, but I mean, I they might actually fire Marvin Lewis finally after this season. Yeah, and it might Who be time. Knew that would happen. Yeah, man, it's been so long. I would never have thought he would last so long. He's been, I think he's been on the hot seat off and on for so long with Cincinnati. This might actually be the end. I mean, we'll we'll see, but I definitely am not picking the Bengals in this game. <laughs> Next up, Cleveland Browns go on the road against the eight and three Houston Texans. Who you got? Okay, so we obviously started off this segment with me talking about how underrated Houston is. Continue. Let's just let's just put a note on the board that since Cleveland has fired Hugh Jackson, the offense in Cleveland has somehow come to life. Baker Mayfield is playing four I, touchdown I like passes last week. Four touchdown passes. He's playing with a little bit more of that swagger that he had in college. Um, I mean, I expect to see a little bit more of this competitive fight in them. But they're going to Houston to play a really good Houston team with a great defense. Oh, yeah. J.J. Watt, those guys are coming on, and they're coming on strong at the right time. Yeah, they're they're 4-1 at home. Um, Look, Deshaun Watson, now that he's healthy, and this is one of the things I was worried about last year when he got hurt, was that, man, we were trying to figure out, is this really, like, you know, a fluke 
season from a quarterback, or is this really who he is? And it's good to see that, no, this is exactly who Deshaun Watson is yeah. as an NFL quarterback. Like, he's a real deal. This was not just, you know, some one-off season. So it's good to see what uh, the Houston Texans look like with him at the helm of the offense for a full season so far, knock on wood. And Lamar Miller, again, um, playing much, much better than he has in the past couple seasons, a couple big 100-yard rushing games um, under their belt. And the addition of Demarius Thomas, he had two touchdowns last weekend. Mm-hmm. The Houston Texans' offense looks really, really good. So Houston, man, I, and their schedule moving is forward. Is very forward, favorable. Yeah, they've got a pretty light schedule. They got my Jets. I think they have your Eagles the next week after that. Uh, that's correct. They do still play the Eagles. I think they've got the Colts and the Jaguars at some point. On their schedule as well for the rest of the season, so they've got a winnable. They they've got they can win go. 10, 11 games. Browns, Colts, Jets, Eagles, Jags. Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm things look good for Houston. I'm gonna go with them in this game, dude. I'm picking the Texans as well. They could fucking run the table looking at that schedule. Yeah, right. Uh, next up, L.A. Rams going on the road to play the Detroit Lions. Who you got? Uh, I mean, after that, just fantastic game, um, Monday night. I don't know how anyone can look at the Rams and just think they can't eat anyone alive. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, Detroit, Detroit's not been good. They no. got a lot of injury issues now. Um, they traded away pretty much their offense. Yeah. So I, I don't really. Marvin Jones just went on IR. He's down. Um, Kenny Galladay is the only, the only bright spot they have. Um, what's the running back's name? Kurion Johnson. I believe he's still. He's going to miss another game. He's going to miss another game, and obviously we know the backups out there are not fantastic um, at the running game. So I, I don't see this being anything but uh, Los Angeles. Just I think this is going to be a blowout. I think they win by at least two touchdowns. I agree with you. I think the Rams are going to crush them. I mean, it'll the, Detroit will try, but I don't think I don't. I'm not going to watch. They this have game. not looked good at all. I've I've watched a little bit because I like Gallagher. Detroit looked good got- once this season when they beat the Patriots. That's when they looked yeah. good. They've got potential in Galladay, but I just everything else around it is just it, it's flat. They're just really not. They don't come out with any kind of just push offensively. They, they don't impress me at least. Next up, Arizona Cardinals on the road against the Green Bay Packers. Who you got? It's been a pretty disappointing season for Green Bay. Um, and Aaron Rodgers, I, I think we're gonna look at this probably towards the end of his career. We talk about these just wasted kind of seasons in between where um, Green Bay just did not put enough around him in terms of a defense to really help him kind of get forward. And he's made the most of wide receivers, you know, who were just okay but became exceptional under him. Mm-hmm. You know, Donald Driver, I think of as a guy who probably would have been so-so on any other team, but was fantastic as, you know, the number one in Green Bay. And we can say the same thing now with, you know, the core that he has around him. Um, I, I can never remember his name, Equinemius St. Brown. I can mm-hmm. imagine him years from now ending up being the number one and being great, just because Aaron Rodgers is just that good. Yeah. But another lost season, um, another hard season for him. And I, I think they're going to win this one against Arizona just because Arizona's so – the pieces just aren't working. I think that coach is, is going to be out by the end of the season. Yeah. But um, Green Bay's going to win this one just at home. It's just I, – I, I think I just let off with the, the sad part just because I hate seeing – 
Aaron Rodgers' talent just being wasted. No, it's it's listen, it's appropriate to articulate it that way because you're right. It's a lost season. This is a this is a Packers team where any year with Aaron Rodgers, you should be figuring out a way to build enough of a team around him to at least make them competitive. And they are not yeah. competitive this year. But I'm I agree. I think the Packers are gonna win. This is Arizona shitty Arizona Cardinals team. It's a West Coast team. They're coming to play in frigid Lambeau Field in December. Yeah, it's Packers all the way, but both of these teams have to look themselves in the mirror and really rethink things in the offseason. Yeah, Green Bay's got four wins, one tie at home, and they're 0-6 on the road. Oh, oh, that is yeah. painful to hear. Indianapolis Colts on the road against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Who you got? This is an interesting game just because Jacksonville, uh, man, we were talking about lost seasons. Um, and we obviously have not heard much from Jalen Ramsey since, since things have gone south. This was probably one of the harder calls I could make, just because Indianapolis has also played much better this season, mm-hmm. um, especially with Andrew Luck. Kind of, you know, obviously he's thrown the football a ton this year, so that shoulder clearly is, is healed. Um, but this is still a dangerous game going into Jacksonville against uh, still what we should still consider a pretty solid defense. The offensive side of the football is, is the one in question. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Mm-hmm. I'm actually going to go with Jacksonville in a close one. Field goal, probably. Dude, um, I'm picking the Colts, man. I'm going with the road team. I just think that, listen, Andrew Luck and this Colts team, they started 1-5. You know, they lost to the Eagles. And now, I mean, they've hit their stride. You know, they're, they've got five straight wins. Um, they look better now than they have all season. You know, again, two, tale of two seasons. First half, they look sluggish. Second half, they're looking better. The offensive line has been protecting Andrew Luck better than any offensive line he's had his entire career. Um, you know, I really think that this Colts team is clicking in all the right ways. And I just think they're trending upwards and the Jaguars are trending downwards. As good as the Jags defense is and as tenacious as it can be at home, I mean, I think the Colts are going to figure out a way to win. I will say this. That stupid fight Jacksonville had on the field at the end of the last game ended up getting Leonard Fournette suspended for a game, so he won't be playing in this one. Um, I'm still going to go Jacksonville home. They really, I mean, they're going to come out. They, You can see the frustration with this team. They really, really need a win, and I think they're going to come out here um, and pull a surprise. They, I, I think they they need to get one out. They need a W bad, and I think they're going to get this one at home. I'm gonna. I'm curious to see how it shakes out. Uh, next up, Carolina Panthers on the road against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Who you got? Another tough call here, just because Tampa's been underwhelming. Um, and I, I mean, sorry, Carolina's Carolina's an intriguing team, man. Yeah, they are. Um, offensively, you know, you look at Christian McCaffrey that game he had last week, just, and, he, and he did that in a loss. Just a banner, yeah. I mean, just a banner game. I mean, he's gonna remember that for the rest of his life. He got a hundred yards, over hundred yards receiving. I think he had one hundred and fifteen yards receiving and one hundred and twenty-five rushing. Yep. Just madness. I mean, um, and they still lost to Seattle. So look, obviously now Carolina knows where their bread is buttered, which is great because the wide receiving court isn't much to you know shake a leg at. But I can imagine them going with the same game plan coming into Tampa. Uh, and Tampa's defense is so not great that I could expect them to game plan for this and still not be able to stop McCaffrey. I'm going to go with Carolina with a slight edge over Tampa Bay just because that Carolina offense is still still, still kind of 
finding its way. It's still, it's, I feel like it's evolving. Is the term I'm trying to. They're evolving right now into something that potentially could be great. Um, and that kid DJ Moore is pretty good too. I should say that I shouldn't knock the wide receiving core. No, he's. I totally agree. Solid. He's been a nice find this season, and I think he's come right. on a little faster than than Carolina was expecting. He's certainly been producing a little bit more than Devin Funchess. Um, yeah. I'm also picking the Panthers. I really think that, you know, for all of the inconsistency that the Panthers have had, I just think that Tampa Bay is such a fucking train wreck. Um, you know, there, there's going to be excitement and I think it'll, you know, any NFC South is a tenacious division and they're going to go at each other's throats. It's easily a trap game, but yeah. I mean, I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt to Carolina. They've lost a couple of tough games and I think it's time for them to bounce back. And I just don't have faith that Tampa Bay is going to knock them off the pedestal. And Jameis Winston's been so up and down this season that, I mean, I, you know, I wouldn't bet the farm on him having a great game any given week. Your Jets going on the road against the Tennessee Titans. Who you got? <laughs> and I look, know. man, it's just, I, I, I honestly can't come out here and, and make a good argument for why I think the Jets are going to come in here and win. I mean, you they, sound they, like they, when I had to pick the Saints a couple of weeks ago, it's like I can't think of a good reason to think that yeah, this Eagles team is going to beat them. How do I sell you 11? You know, <laughs> I don't really see see any way to kind of just – there's no way to put my foot on steady ground to start off with. I, I think the Titans are going to win this one. The Titans have had a kind of up-and-down season as well. I, I think they should have a much better running game of all things than they do. Their running game is horrendous. When you've got Derrick Henry and um, Deion Lewis and Deion Lewis in the backfield at any given time, Lewis has had a couple bright spots this season, but for the, the overall effect, they're not great. Marcus Mariota was twenty-two and twenty-three passing last week, and they lost. Jeez. Um, Corey Davis has been, you know, touted as like the future, and he's had maybe two good games all season. Yeah, I mean, he he, he shows flashes, but I'm not impressed. So, I, by all means, I should. That's that's probably the best argument I'm going to have as to why Tennessee shouldn't win this game but then you look at on the other side of the field it's the Jets you know and um Sam Darnold I'm not even sure he's gonna suit up for that actually I have to look to see if he's gonna suit up for this game um I I think part of the the holdback for him is for for just the sake of his psyche right now um and like I said the running game is is okay the wide receivers are awful if anything this is just a developmental game for Chris Herndon yeah. Uh, and the defense maybe a chance to kind of regain some of their confidence. Jamal Adams is still the bright spot on this defense, but the rest of it, I mean, you can just sweep under a rug and not notice. Yeah, I'm picking the Titans as well. I, I mean, it, it'll be exciting if Darnold comes back out and plays, but I, I mean, I'm not holding my breath. I don't see it now. Kansas City Chiefs going on the road against the Oakland Raiders. Who you got? This is straightforward. Kansas City's going to smash them. Yeah. Uh, I agree. I agree. So, just, so, just so the listeners at home know, Sam and I were texting earlier in the week, and I, I told him about there's a podcast called Flagrant Two, where um, uh, Brent Grimes's wife Miko talks about she gets a lot of inside in, info from other players' wives, and she's friends with a lot of other players in the NFL, and she talked about a story about how uh, Derek Carr's basically kind of lost the offensive line last year. Um, during all the flag protests and the fact that all the, his offensive line is mostly black and they were going to kneel before, I think I said, what did I tell you it was the Washington Redskins game last season? Yeah, and, I think you mentioned that. Mm-hmm. And he told his offensive line that they shouldn't kneel and there was a fight in the locker room about it. And ever since then, 
it's been pretty much south for uh, Derek Carr on the offense. Wow. So which I thought was an intriguing theory. I need to go back and actually look at the schedule from that Washington game on to see. But um, wow. look, you factor in the, the, the fact that Gruden's dismantled that team piece by piece. Um, they're not winning. No one's happy there. Guys want to get the hell out of Dodge. That that whole team is a mess. And, I mean, now you have this boat that's, you know, it's it's partially skunk. It's capsizing. Guys are in the water. And then you got Kansas City Chiefs coming. And it's just fucking sharks right now. Um, this is I, – I don't even want to look at the final score in this game. It's going to be brutal. I agree. The Chiefs are going to smash them. I mean, Oakland, thank you for sharing that, that story about uh, the Oakland offensive line. Clearly just one of many stories of the dysfunction that's going on with that franchise right now. I don't – I feel like Mark Davis is really trying to emulate his father in making just atrocious <laughs> hiring decisions. Oh, God. Now, here's another tricky game. Um, Minnesota Vikings on the road against the New England Patriots. Who you got? This is probably – I want to say this is the one that I looked at, and I said this is the trickiest game on the schedule. But then I looked, and I said, ah, oh, shit, there's another one, uh, Los Angeles-Pittsburgh. Um, but, man, Minnesota has – They've not played as well as they should when you look at the pieces that they have put together, um, especially in that defense. They've been very underwhelming this year. Um, Hudson's, who's, he's looked great at Dude, times. he's looked great. The offense, I don't think has, I mean, the only real issue with the offense, I think, has been the offensive line. Yeah. So, I, I honestly, this is a hard call, but New England's been great at home. And like you said, New England is a well-oiled machine. They're going to game plan for that defense. They're not going to be too risky with the football. If anything, maybe the pass rush gets to Brady a few times just because of mobility issues. But I still see New England pulling this one out in a close game. I, I agree. I'm picking the Patriots as well. I really have a lot of respect for the Vikings. I think they're a great squad, but they've just shown so much inconsistency this year. And... I, I mean, New England, like you said, it's a well-oiled machine. They're going to game plan accordingly to pick apart Minnesota in all the ways that they are weak. And, you know, it's really hard to go to New England, especially in December, and try to win a game like that. I mean, I, I got to throw my favor with the Patriots in a game like this. Yeah, man. Next up, San Francisco 49ers going on the road to the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, who you got? Yeah, Seattle's been Seattle's been pretty solid. Um, I, I don't... I don't really think we need to cover much on the San Francisco's not good right now. No. Um, they they got a lot of issues um, on all sides of the football, and this is a, a lost season for them. So I, this is this is clearly uh, Seattle Seahawks with the W on this one. I'm with you, Seahawks all the way. I it's they're coming on at the right time, and San Francisco is sinking fast. Now, Sunday night football, the Los Angeles Chargers going on the road against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Who do you have? Another team that's played exceptionally well. Chargers have um, looked so good this season. Not much fanfare. Um, the Chargers are really good. The head coach, who I cannot remember his name. Anthony Lynn. Anthony Lynn. And they talked a lot about how he's, you know, kind of a no-nonsense guy. He's made a lot of changes in-house. Um, pulled his kicker, I think, like week two or three after he had some goals. Brought in a new guy who's really short up the, the kicking game. Um I think he's only got one miss since uh, from an, an extra point. Um, but just this small, the small changes that make a big difference. And I've always liked this um, San Diego. Oh, sorry, I keep saying San Diego. It's okay, dude. You're you're not alone. <laughs> this LA, 
You can call them San Diego. I mean, they're still San Diego to me. <laughs> I mean, that's just a completely different, just a behind the scenes in terms of business. And why would you pull the team and take them to, you know, oh LA? God. And, and they can't sell any tickets at that soccer that, stadium. You know, and it's neither here Dude, the word that, on the street was team. they played the Cardinals this past weekend. Apparently, they couldn't sell any tickets. And you get this great team, and there's more tumbleweeds than players in the fucking stands. Ugh. It, it's really sad. Phil Rivers is, is balling out. and I, Joey you know, Bosa just came back. Melvin Ingram's got, although is going out for a couple of weeks with an MCL sprain. Yeah, it, they, they, I still feel good. Uh, like this team is, you know, I, I have to look at this. I can't remember their schedule. I can't remember if they had a soft schedule going forward. I'll pull it up for you. You just keep talking. I got it for you, man. But I'm I'm a big fan of this Chargers team. I, I think I think they're gonna bring a little bit of hell to whoever they face because they they're a good matchup. You know, um, Chargers schedule. They play the Steelers, the Bengals, the Chiefs. The Ravens, the Broncos. Yeah, and on the other side of the football here, the Steelers had a rough. A rough Dude, Steelers have had a rough couple of weeks. You know, um, they they still have a kind of a, a few issues, locker room wise. You know, um, I will say Connor's been a great addition. He had a rough game last week, and he wasn't as you know consistent as he normally is. And I think you know they're gonna have a little bit of trouble against this uh chargers chargers defense I, i'm i'm gonna go with the chargers in this one uh and a close one because the steelers don't look like they've got it put together here and i think they're gonna pay i love it when we disagree i'm picking the steelers i think okay. that i think that with all the woes that the steelers have had they play well at home and i think that some of their issues is they've been playing down to their opponents i have the char- the steelers have a way to showing up and actually playing well in big games and the Chargers, as impressive as they've been this season, and I really do think they've been impressive, um, thankfully, because every year they sort of have the pieces, but they can't put it together. Um, this is, I think, a trap game for the Chargers. I think they're going to lose it. I think they're going to really miss Melvin Ingram. And I think that they're going to make some mistakes in a frigid Sunday night game in Pittsburgh. And you know what? I just think that the Steelers are going to make enough key plays to pull out this victory. I, I got to go with the Steelers. That's fine. This is going to be a fun game. This is actually what I'm really looking forward to just because the Chargers actually played really, really well on the road this season, mm-hmm. I mean, which is not a surprise because there's probably no one in their fucking stadium to cheer them <laughs> on or any, any noise on, uh, on defense. Um, but I look, man, this is going to be really exciting. I, I think we're going to see kind of where these two teams are going from here projected. I mean, especially the Steelers, they kind of need this one because the Ravens are creeping. They're not like really really in the headlights or i mean in the uh in the rearview mirror but i the steelers they can't afford a loss right now no in that division. another reason why i think they're probably going to pull out the win and then of course last but not least my philadelphia eagles playing monday night football against the washington redskins they are in philadelphia shaka who you got fuck the redskins uh that team's just <laughs> not good man they're not good. I, I, I'm still upset that they have a winning record on this goddamn season because they're not a good team. Because they're Adrian so Peterson, bad. Adrian Peterson, I love you. They, for the record, they're the only team with a winning record, and the point differential is negative. They're negative nine point differential. I don't know how they have a winning record. Um, and they're tied for the Cowboys in that division for the lead. Dude, they're um, atrocious. <laughs> I, I think Philly's going to come in here. They're going to get their shit together. They're not going to lose to this damn Redskins team. Adrian Peterson, I, I love him. I, first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, 
but it's not enough, man. I, I just, I can't get behind this skin team. Who's the start? There's Colt McCoy still there starting. Colt McCoy is starting. Yeah, they're, this this is done. I think the Eagles come here. They, they're going to put a lot of uh, pressure on pass rush-wise, and I think we're going to get a couple turnovers, key turnovers, to put this one away. I don't think the, I don't think the Eagles are going to win this one going away, but I think they're going to put a stamp in it. They're going to win by a touchdown. Okay. I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I think the Eagles are going to win. I think it probably will be a little tighter than we think just because the one thing that the Redskins can hang their hat on is their defense, even though it's had issues. I mean, they are a, a team that likes to slow and grind out the game and then try to run it out with, with Adrian Peterson. And, you know, they're sort of just disabled enough to be perfectly lined up for this Eagles team to kind of beat up on them. And, yeah. uh, you know, they're in Philly. I think the Eagles are going to take care of business. It'll probably be closer than we think just because – the Eagles are not burning down any teams anytime soon, but I mean, I'm going with the Eagles and hopefully this will, you know, make them six and six. It'll put everybody back. You know, if everything goes the way we think, that means the Cowboys, the Redskins, and the Eagles will all be six and six, and then it'll just be completely wide open. Just what is going on in that division? <sighs> Absolute horrible football. That's what's Stay going up. on. Um, but that's it, dude. We ran through all the games. Um, that's that's awesome, dude. Thanks a lot for for going through this. It was very interesting to hear where we differed. I really wanted to see. Yeah, I, I'm excited to see how these games shake out too, especially uh, going forward. There's a couple one. There are a couple games in there that uh, I, it's just really hard to call. That, that Chargers game, man, it's it's a tough one to kind of go against the Steelers because offensively the Steelers are just a powerhouse. But I just like the Chargers right now, dude. I like them too, and and I love that I have to pick against them, and we actually get to see how it's going to unfold. I'm really curious to see how this yeah. unfolds. Um, all right, that's it, everyone. Thanks a lot for listening to Sam Sports Podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Like my Facebook page, Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Instagram at Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Twitter at Smithface Jones. Or you can always email Shaka and I with any mailbag questions at samsportsstation at gmail.com. Uh, that's all we have for this week. Um, we'll be back next week to talk about uh, this pat- this coming weekend slate of games. But in the meantime, enjoy all the football. Take it easy. We'll talk more next week. See you later. Bye-bye. Enjoy the games, guys. <laughs>